snow. All this dope I stepped on. Real get the rest gone. Then that nigga, whatever she want. Power, power, respect. Hello, what is up everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby and you're now listening to or watching Powercast. And today we will be recapping Power Book 4, Force, Season 2, Episode 5. And the title of the episode is Crown Vic. And uh, we are joined today by Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing today, Richard? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? up indeed and uh we are also joined by miss dana abercrombie how are you doing today dana i'm doing wonderful working at full mental capacity oh that's good to know because I, I i know you've been a busy bee this week so i'm quite shocked that you still you still have energy to give but yeah it's working oh, at the new york film festival so yay oh yeah so yeah you're very busy um at the moment but yeah we are back i'm finally back on camera as well um my my uh, background there is falling apart so you might see a blooper you know where a piece might fall down or something uh so yeah look out for that it'll be funny but um <laughs> but yeah we are back to recap power and this was a very like interesting episode because a lot happened so there's a lot to discuss um, and we're going to, you know, jump right into our takeaways because I know people want to hear what we think of what happened um, in this episode. But just a friendly reminder, you know, please do leave your comments. We love reading them all. Um, subscribe to the channel. You know, uh, we're going to be covering, you know, B- BMF as well on this channel, on the main channel when that comes back. Uh, you know, we cover The Walking Dead. We cover all the power universes and stuff. So yeah, definitely subscribe to, uh, you know, the main channel for all of that good content. And you can also check out the, the, the sub channels too. There's Coalition Entertainment and the Coalition Gaming. The gaming industry is popping off right now. You know, Spider-Man's coming out, Cyberpunk, you know, Idris Elba and all that, you know, in Cyberpunk. So there's some good stuff coming out. So Look out for the gaming content also. You know, you can also check it out on the website where we post, you know, written reviews and stuff like that. Uh, That is thecoalition.com. So, yeah, had to do a bit of housekeeping there, but um, I won't take up too much time. Let's get right into those takeaways. And I believe it is uh, Richard Bailey Jr.'s um, turn to go first this week. So when you're ready, Rich, take it away. Okay, first and foremost, shout out to everybody that left the awesome comments last week. Uh, definitely enjoy hearing with, what all you have to say about the show. So let me just kick things off and say, in my personal opinion, this was an outstanding episode of Force. I know a lot of times we complained about this show last season. Uh, I had absolutely nothing to complain about with this episode. This was an excellent episode, and I like the fact that in the previous episode, we were told that, you know, Claudia and Vic agreed to kill Walter. And then immediately in this episode, it happens next. You see, I like that, that they didn't take time to drag this stuff out. There were consequences right away. So let me just give the writers, everyone over here working on Force, uh, a thumbs up, round of applause for the excellent episode for sure. So uh, my three takeaways for today. 
first and foremost, I'm going to start with Tommy. And you saw in this episode that uh, after finding out what happened with D-Mac in the previous episode and him killing Seamus, he basically is telling D-Mac the entire episode he needs to stay inside, stay inside. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, JP does get involved in this conversation when he sees that that Tommy puts his hands on D-Mac, basically try to tell him, listen, I need you to listen to me. Then, of course, he gets angry. They have their little back and forth. And, of course, Kate is watching this. She is not aware of what D-Mac did, what happened with D-Mac. But she's just like, well, she obviously, because she loves D-Mac, she sides with her grandson. She does give him money to go to the store and basically tells him, oh, yeah, you can stay out as late as you want, so on and so forth. Because, obviously, D-Mac is still trying to uh, catch up with Genesis, you know, his little uh, love interest, okay? So, obviously, you know, Tommy, he keeps telling D Mac the entire episode to stay inside. So he decides when he hears about that once again, you know, that he went, he got out, he basically sends D Mac away. Now, at the end of the episode, we found out that he sends D Mac to Great Shores Youth Academy. I am a resident, uh, resident assistant. So it is my job to basically make sure that D Mac takes care of himself and stays on the straight and narrow. So Maybe you will see him me in a future episode. You never know. But obviously, you know, this is a way to basically get rid of D-Mac, to take him out of the line of fire because they didn't want him talking to the police and being around with all this stuff is happening. Now, Kate, obviously, she she thinks that Tommy killed D-Mac. When she, t- when she when, when basically, when they tell D-Mac, they tell her he's gone and he ain't coming back She she because she knows Tommy. And she knows how much of a savage Tommy is. She thinks that Tommy actually killed D-Mac. So that basically leads to her relapsing and deciding to get high again. So this is going to be very interesting to see what the consequences are that come from this. I also want to give a special shout out to Mr. Joseph Sakura because he was promoting this episode. You know, I remember he had an Instagram post not too long ago where he was saying, I just want to, I just, I, I just really want to ask one question. Is Ghost Dead or Alive? And he made reference to this episode. So uh, I'm not going to talk about Ghost, but I'm going to say very interesting with the trolling because people are definitely going to think because D-Mac went away, oh, maybe Ghost went away too, possibly, right? But uh, I don't know, don't really care because Ghost isn't a part of this show. This is Tommy's show. I just wanted to put that out there because I know people are going to be making videos talking about this after they watch this episode. And they're probably going to be hitting up uh, Joseph Sakura as well, asking him what he meant. So let's see how that goes. But pretty much that was the extent of what happened with Tommy in this episode. Obviously, he wants to see Maria. And of course, we do see in this episode that uh, Dr. Kendall, she finally breaks up with the doctor. And then Miguel proceeds to deal with the doctor in his own way, breaking his two hands. So I thought that was very uh, interesting direction. Uh Let's see where things go from here. But obviously, Miguel sticking up for his sister. Didn't like this guy, so he did what he did. All right. Going on to my second takeaway of this this episode, obviously, we're going to talk about the Flynn family because this is the episode where everything popped off with the Flynn family. It started with uh, Vic was questioned about Colin's death, and he refused to give them any information. He also did not give them Tommy because Tommy was with him when they killed uh, Colin. So meanwhile, they have this whole plan in motion 
where they know that Walter is going to have this dinner. And they basically have hired this new guy called Big Red. This guy calls himself the Apocalypse. I laughed when they made reference to uh, the Four Horsemen because you saw how easily they got taken out last season. So I figured this guy was going to get killed as well. And I was not disappointed to see that he did get taken out later in the episode. But pretty much Claudia and Brendan Doyle and Vic have this plan where they're going to basically set up Walter and take him out, you know, at this particular time. The problem is that they don't account for the fact that uh, Uncle Polly is also there. And of course, Claudia, after she basically has her little conversation with Brendan Doyle, she basically was saying that she's she's trying to figure out what she's going to do when she runs the organization. He he outright tells her, you know, the, you know, Dublin is old school. They're not going to let you run the Flynn organization. So as long as Vic is is still alive, so basically she does not tell Vic that they have decided to move up the attack, which. Vic thought it was at 9 p.m. It actually was at 8.30. So they decide to move up that attack. And he just so happens to be there when all this is going down. You see Polly get killed. That was a very uh, uh, dramatic uh, action sequence, I would say, with everybody getting shot, the music and everything. It was perfect. Then you see uh, Uncle Polly falling into the pool. That visual was just like, that visual was on point. It's very, very graphic to see what happened to the characters, but uh, I got to give them credit for that. Then, of course, here comes uh, Walter Flynn with the shotgun, blowing people away left and right. He gets up to Big Red. He ends up shooting Big Big Red in the head, but Big Red does shoot him. Then he has this very intense conversation with Vic, and Vic is like, hey. And and I have to laugh because the, the acting in that scene, I think it was pretty entertaining, but also hilarious because, you know, Vic is cutting off his father. And he's like, oh, Claudia did this. No, you did this. I thought that was hilarious. You know, I, I laughed at that, you know. And then, of course, Vic finishes him off, shoots him. And, you know, after he shot him, I, I want to tell you, I instantly thought of Gary Swaby and Dana Abercrombie because I'm pretty sure they were very entertained with the music they played right after that Trigger Man song, which I thought was pretty hilarious that they played that right after he kills Walter. So, uh, yeah, it's very entertaining. I have no complaints. And then, of course, lastly, he does go back to uh, to to address Claudia after what happened. And she basically says, you know, Brendan is trying to tell him, hey, I told Claudia to tell you. And then she kills Brendan. So obviously, at this point, Vic knows that Claudia set him up. And then he decides at the end of the episode that he wants to cut a deal to get full immunity. Obviously, he wants Claudia to go to jail. But of course, Stacy, she wants Tommy Egan. And she also wants Vic to get in with CBI. So I'm assuming that the next episode, Vic will try to align himself with CBI so he can try to take down Tommy. If you've been watching this show from the very beginning, Vic has never been a match for Tommy. Tommy could have easily taken out Vic at any point in time. So this is a bad decision by by Vic. And I'm very curious to see where this goes because uh, obviously – I'm expecting Tommy to take him out, but uh, let's see what happens in the remaining episodes of the season. And finally, my final takeaway of this episode. This is about the storyline between uh, Diamond and Jannard in this entire episode. All right, now, Jannard is still struggling. I did laugh at the scene where he begged his crew to stay loyal because obviously we know that Jannard has been through it this entire season, the ups and downs. Uh, So... He does end up 
meeting up with, with one of you know somebody who he was cool with back in the day, Manny. Um, basically meets up with her, basically steals her product and takes her chain, and then decides to uh, pretty much he comes back to his crew and tell him that he got the he got the, the drugs from Miguel. So uh, I don't know how that's going to go down, you know, in terms of if they start speaking about where they're getting the product from. That might be a bit of an issue. We have to see where that goes. But the main issue with this thing with Jannard in this episode, again, Jannard continues to spiral out of control. And you see in this episode, he decides to shoot up for the very first time. And of course, he does give that that drug addict the chain, you know, you know, you know, as payment for him getting access to the heroin, but he says he, but he decides to shoot up in this episode, which, uh, again, we had the ominous music about to tell you, this is a point of no return for this character. And, um, what I, what, what I, what I like about the episode in terms of it being titled crown Vic is because it's, it's in reference to Vic finally emerging among his family, you know, to the next level, but also because Jannard got high in a crown Vic that the, that the drug addict was in. So they were really on point with the, how they titled the episode. That was right on the money with that. But um, it's definitely an issue. So we need to see what happens with Jannard. Obviously, the last thing I will say about with Diamond in this episode, he does contact King Kilo uh, because they spoke about forming a coalition. I want to give a shout out to Glenn Davis of the Boston Celtics because that's who basically is playing that guy. You know, I didn't even know he was in this show until recently. So that's rather interesting casting. We'll see what happens with him. But basically, uh, Diamond does, he the whole episode, he doesn't want to go see Big Sid. Big Sid is their father. And then you find out in that whole backstory that uh, his father despises Diamond because Diamond is the one that got Jannard into dealing drugs. And the thing about it is that while the end of the episode, Jannard and Diamond do make up and Diamond does say, we're going to get you back involved with CBI again. Diamond has no idea of how much baggage is coming with Jannard now. The fact that he's been messing with drugs, which will be an issue. The fact that he basically stole Manny's chain. And I'm pretty sure that crew, they're going to have to deal with that as well. And then, of course, at the beginning of the episode, we saw Jannard's former crew who have now flipped to another gang called the RDs. I want to see more about what this gang is about and who was in charge of that gang, but basically they have sided with this other gang. So now these are all enemies that uh, Diamond is going to have to deal with. So I think it's a very interesting dynamic, but I also want to say this as the last point uh, in regards to Jannard and Diamond. What I find very interesting is that the previous episode, obviously we saw Seamus get killed, right? Seamus's backstory is that his his sister, basically, she ended up needing permanent care because she kept taking drugs, the drugs that Diamond was selling. Now Diamond is going to witness his brother, who was now a drug addict. And now you have the backstory of the fact that he got him into dealing drugs. So there's a lot of stuff that's about to happen with Diamond, I think, moving forward as a character. So uh, I look forward to seeing what, what happens next. But yeah, overall, outstanding episode. and. Um, I think Gary Lennon is doing a great job as showrunner, but uh, obviously there's a lot of high stakes now in the storyline. So let's see where everything goes from here. Yeah. Excellent uh, breakdown there. You, uh, you dropped some nuggets that I wasn't aware of. You know, I didn't know that guy was from (laughs) Boston Celtics. And um, I do, 
I, I do like that you brought up uh what uh what Joseph Sakura said about episode five too, because I, I just I just I wasn't even thinking about that. And that would be interesting if he's making reference to sending D Mac away, you know, and him possibly doing the same for Ghost. Um, you know, maybe he went to a, a gangster academy, you know, or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um but nah, yeah, you made some great observations, uh, you know, with those takeaways. So good job with that one. You you were definitely paying attention. Um, you know, extra hard. So uh yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll discuss more of that stuff later. But for now, let's hear from Miss Dana Abercrombie. So Dana, when you're ready, hit us with your takeaways. Yeah, um, that was a great assessment. Uh, first off, I do have to make an announcement really quickly um, to dive deeper into kind of the show overall and what it's doing. We do have a, a previous interview that we did with the three directors of this show. Also, um, you guys will see an interview so turn on the notifications and, and subscribe. See, we have an interview with Lisa Demain. See, Lisa Demain directed this interview. I mean, sorry, she directed this episode. And we break down everything that occurred and what you can look forward to in the future. We do talk about the redemption story of Kate and Vic. We do go into how it was filmed and the inspiration behind the shootout. And we also do talk about D-Mac, um, a little snippet. Uh, my thing was, it was was there ever a plan or an opportunity that they thought they were going to kill off D-Mac? And it was very strong that he stays alive. So I wonder how his story is going to continue. He's not going to be like a throwaway character. He's going to have things later on that progresses. So check out that interview when, when it uploads. So put on that subscribe and, and then turn on the notifications so that you will be able to see that because we break down this episode very well. Um, this was an exceptional episode. I feel that everything that I complained about in season one and even kind of like a little bit in the first episode of this season, they all went away. And it's like, thank you for listening to us. And by us, I don't mean just us. I mean the fans. They knew that something was a little janky and a little funky um, in season one, and they rectified that immensely. And it only took them like, to me, I liked the previous episode. I thought um, episode four was exceptional. This one, you're like, oh, you really upped the ante by moving the story along to the point where like things are going to happen quickly. I feel that this season, we're going to get some moving and some shaking and some things are going to pop off. What I love is, we're getting the old Tommy back. And that was anything. That's basically what we wanted with this show. We love evolution and we love growth of a character. But we still want the reason why we fell in love with Tommy is because he is unpredictable. He has that chaotic streak. And there is that moment where we are legit scared of him. And that came out today when he was having a conversation with Kate, as you brought up. Remember, he, as you stated, he killed his father. He killed Holly. You don't know where he's, what he's thinking. And I think it was for the best because Kate has a tendency to talk 
you know, she is someone who is not the quiet one. She's not the stable one. And even though she is trying, and I am still pulling for her, even though she relapsed, I am still pulling for her. And I, I do want her to have that happy ending. And I hope that she does get it. But at the same time, I kind of understand if she has to die, but I do want her to be, to be happy and to continue on. One of the things that really struck me, um, obviously this was the Dead Daddy episode. Hence my name, Dead Daddies. Um, and I think that with the fathers dying, even though Vic killed Walter, in a way it was a sense of closure. He no longer felt like he was trapped by his dad. And what was very important to me wasn't the fact of, I want to be a ruler. He went and was like, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm sick of this. And had Claudia not set it up for him to die, because that was her plan. Remember, she never um, relayed the information to Vic about the, the 8.30 move time. It was supposed to be at 9. They moved it up to 8.30. So I do believe that he was going to probably just walk away from it all. But once he found out, oh, she wants me dead, that's when he was like, look, I'll do anything you want. I'll turn her in. We're going to have a term coat. Um, call me Benedict Arnold. I don't care because I'm done with the situation. Um, this really makes the dynamic even stronger. It's not so much about who's going to be on top and who's going to be powerful. It is literally a life and death situation between these two. This is going to be a cat and mouse game. And this is when I hope it seems maybe, yay, Vic finally becomes a man. He, 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 today he was a teenager. Now, can you be a man? Um, infiltrate the group. Get them Tommy. Get them Claudia. Get them any information that you want. And also, don't be so, um, what's that word, obvious about it. Because Vic has that kind of tendency where he stares off a little bit too long. And it's like, well, you know he's planning something. So be sneaky. Be friendly, but not over-friendly. I, I just want to see how he's going to play his hand in this one. Um, Gennard. Gennard is getting high, and he's getting higher. Um, you mentioned the chain, um, the situation ship, the fact that he took Manny's chain. You know, people can trace it to him. Manny can still talk. Manny's not dead. Her mouth or his mouth, their mouth moves perfectly fine. Um, and therefore, they are able to speak. <clears throat> On top of that, I wonder if they're going to accidentally kill the white boy. I don't think they really gave him a name, but the one who set him up to get high. Um, because he has the chain, I wonder if he is now going to be a mark. And I say this because, and this is what I love about this episode, we're opening it up. We're, we're getting all of the streets, and we are having shootouts. We're having, you know, people being ambushed in the diner. Our precious diner finally has a purpose. It was, it was shot at. You know, he lived. Obviously, some patients, not patients, patrons did not. We had the woman whose dad's name is Felipe. In the back of my mind, I was wondering, like, is Felipe a drug lord? Is he going to come back? Is it retribution for everyone? Um, guess what you have to think? And I have not thought this way in a power, in power force at all. So now it really seems like, hey, are the people who they just slightly mentioned, are they going to start playing a role in the future? Is payback going to come start coming back at each other? Who is this Felipe? He is in Mexico. What does that mean? So 
I really like how they're doing that. I thought that was just very exceptional. Um, another thing is, you know, Vic did shoot his daddy, but I thought it was lovely that he shot him in the eye because we have an eye for an eye. I just thought that was like delicious. I was like, yeah, give me symbolisms, give me metaphors, give me everything. So I do like the fact that that is happening um, right there. And then kind of we have to talk about the relationship between Jannard and um, what's in my face? The, the, the Diamond, sorry, or David, as he's really known. Mr. David and Jannard. Um, Yes, it's really interesting and it's really lovely. Like we have a reunion. What are we doing, man? Let's just be friends again. But he's a mess. Not only is he dealing with drugs, he, you know, he shot it up for the first time. And the fact that they reiterated, like, ooh, look at this fresh, you got fresh arms. Look at this fresh skin. I'm starting to wonder, is that freshness going to last? Are we going to start shooting it up more? Um, I just could not you know every word that they said it kind of me kind of you know there was meaning behind it so i wonder what is going to happen in that terms on top of that everything is a mess we still have Merkovich. you know remember the text message that he sent him before he went to go rob manny we have Merkovich. the team is still in shambles nobody trusts him and what's worse is if you're going through it that's cool but the fact that everybody knows that you're going through it makes it even worse. I believe the name was Yo-Yo or Yaya. Um, remember Yaya, Yo-Yo? Yo-Yo? Yo-Yo, yeah. Okay, so Yo-Yo knows what's going on. And Yo-Yo's not messing with him. And they know that Miguel is not messing with him. And they can put, you know, the chain definitely solidified that, oh, you're just robbing people now for drugs. And yes, it's a cold world out there, but they don't want to be involved in that. And then also on top of that, the gangs are so split. Remember, it was Jannard's old crew that shot up the diner. So there is no, let's bring CBI back together and it's a big reunion and we're holding hands and we're selling drugs. And, and what was it? The Rainbow Coalition of Mobsters. The rainbow coalition of, of the drug dealers that we're putting into motion. Yes, that can work for Diamond. Jannard is a mess. And Jannard and his own business could end up getting Diamond killed, which is why I don't like when you say, make sure you take care of your brother. You know, that's the same, same kind of energy as when you're watching a horror movie and they say, be right back. Are you going to be right back? We all know how that plays out. So make sure you take care of your brother. No, he might have to sacrifice his life to take care of his brother. Because his brother is, is he's sloppy. This is, this is a mess. And so we're in the jail system. Where we already had the guy who was in the wheelchair who's, you know, working with that way. And then we have the Rainbow Coalition of Drug Dealers. Nothing really lasts in this kind of universe or just in the drug market in general in time. You know, even when the Crips and the gangs came, the, what was it, the Crips and the, the Bloods came together? Remember during that historic thing? Gary knows what I'm talking about. He knows the hippity hops. Um, that didn't last long either. So I, I, I wonder how it's going to go. And I don't think it's going to be 
as positive of a note that Diamond thinks it is or David. So uh, that's kind of my big main thing there is um, also just a really quick side note. I love Kate, but what in the world is $20 going to do in any, what are we, 2020, 2021, 2022, 2025? What is $20? The boy is, is, is you know, closer to 18 than he is of eight. $20 is not going to get him anywhere with Genesis. And Genesis looks like you have to pay money to just talk to her. You have to have something in your life going on. And $20 is not what's going to go on. So, yes, uh, that's, that's, that's what I love. <laughs> You're absolutely right about that. To 20 pounds, with, with all this inflation, $20 ain't going to do a lot. You know, Say, same with pounds. Pounds, like, over here, everything's gone up. Like, 20 pounds can't buy you anything anymore. So... Yeah, you're right about that one. Uh, but great takeaways. I uh, completely agree with um, some of the things you were saying, like like uh, how we've got Tommy back. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, this this does feel much more like Tommy than in the first season. The first season, he was pretty much just unstoppable. Like he was an unstoppable force, just you know killing everyone. But in this, he's much more layered. We're seeing more sides of him. We're seeing the whole family dynamic as well. So definitely agree with that. Um, and then also, you know, Vic becoming a man. You know, I agree uh, with what you said about that. Like this this was his kind of wake up, his defining moment. Um, so, yeah, definitely good observations there. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have more of a... I, I do have some questions that are going to directly pertain to some of the stuff you mentioned. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, give my takeaways first and foremost. So, uh, you know, just to kind of, uh, you know, piggy bank off of what Dana was just saying with with the gangs and everything, you know. Um, yeah, you are right. You know, the, the Crips and the Bloods, you know, they unified quite a few times, actually. Um, so it can be done, but in this situation, there's so much bad blood and there's so much turmoil, you know, um, waiting to happen with this whole coalition um, that's forming and stuff. So I, I think this is going to be an interesting dynamic and um, I'm glad that they've kind of, you know, with, with, the, uh, with the whole Walter death and everything, they've kind of cleared up a lot of space in the episodes t- for them to really dive into some of these other storylines now. Um, and I really can't wait to see what happens with this new coalition because, you know, they, they made it a point in this episode to have, you know, uh, Janard and Diamond's father, you know, passing away and everything. And of course that, that's a, that's always a heartbreaking, you know, thing. And it kind of brought them closer together just a little bit, but like, like, uh, you explained, you know, I think it was Dana who said that, um, you know, this, it's not going to last because, you know, the father specifically told Diamond to look after, you know, Jannard or that he wishes he, he would look after him. And we know we see the current predicament that Jannard is in. You know, he is spiraling out of control. He's getting worse and worse, you know, every week. Now now he's doing like he he's getting the drug directly into his veins. like 
So once you get to that point, there is no going back. Like you need serious help to to get out of that. And you see in this episode, he was he was actually getting sick because what starts to happen is when you start taking that drug, if you stop taking it, you're going to get withdrawal symptoms and your body actually gets sick because it needs more of it. So he was actually getting sick from from not having the drug. So once he's at that point, it, it's not it's not going to go very well for him. Um, and you know, I think the only person who can save him is Diamond. Um, if if Janard does survive this season, then Diamond is going to be the reason that he survives. Um, and it could be a situation where maybe Diamond gets him into a rehab or you know gets him some sort of like treatment or something so that he can kick the drug habit but heroin addiction is one of the worst ones you can have like so you know the um the 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 possibility of him getting off that is very low you know um i think kate actually has more of a you know she has more of a possibility of kicking her habit um, and that, that's one thing I wanted to point out too, is I, f- I feel like this season is doing a great job of showing the effects of, you know, the drugs and everything. Um, cause we have two concurrent, you know, um, addiction storylines running and yeah, I, I like that they do that to show you, you know, both, both sides, because it's easy for the drug dealing side of it to get glamorized and for people to think, yeah, they, this this looks like a cool lifestyle to live. But when you see how it affects other people and their families, that, you know, that adds a whole nother layer to it that shows you perhaps this isn't so cool, you know, to do. So so I like that they're doing a good, good job of showing both sides. Um, I think Raising Canaan did something like that also. But, um, but yeah, so... With Janard, I think the the whole CBI thing is going to be very entertaining to watch um, over the next uh, few weeks, I think. I think they're going to dive a lot deeper into this. And I can see, um, you know, many instances where there's going to be problems between Tommy and Janard. And um, also, I think uh, Miguel is going to become a problem. And then also the... uh, you know the uh, the Serbs, of course, because the, that that's still a lingering problem that they have. And now CBI, you know, Diamond and Tommy are going to directly inherit that problem that uh, Janard has with you know um, with uh, Murkovic. So that's going to be interesting to see how all of that plays out. Uh, so my my next takeaway, I kind of mentioned it briefly, but like I like that they are. Um, giving Kate her own her own arc, her own story arc in this season, because, you know, in previous seasons that we saw her in, in, in original power and stuff, she's just a kind of a guest character that we kind of see every now and then, you know, to kind of complement Tommy's character and show how chaotic he is and, you know, how he was probably abused when, you know, he was growing up and stuff because Kate, doesn't she's not like a you know uh she's not your ideal mother you know because she's a drug addict and they were doing lines together at one point in in the original power so yeah i think 
she was really just there to kind of paint a picture in in other seasons but in this season they are really actually creating a character out of her and giving her you know meaning and i think that was very important to do because you have jp you have dmac you have these you know the, the this other family that tommy has found um so it was very important for her to be there to tie it all together and to have her story play out and to see how she reacts to, you know, JP and DMAC. So I like that they're doing that. Um, and it is kind of tragic to see her story play out because in the previous episodes, she was, she was desperately trying to make amends with, you know, with Tommy and uh, JP for, for being a, a poor mother in the past and for leaving them and stuff. So she was genuinely trying, you know, to make amends for that and to improve her life. But she keep now she's slipping back into um, her old habits. And it's because, you know, Tommy, who, who, who didn't have he didn't benefit. He never benefited from her um, love and care and her being like a proper supportive mother. So he is living a very reckless lifestyle now. So it's like her past, uh, you know, decisions are kind of catching up to her and making Tommy go on this rampage. Um, but also, you know, there is Tommy is just being a, a, a dick as well, because he could have told her that, you know, I just sent DMAC away, but he made it, he wanted it to seem like he killed him or something, you know, to, to kind of, <laughs> to kind of provoke her, um, or tease her or whatever, you know, he didn't have to do that, but that that's hey tommy's a reckless guy he you know he he doesn't treat his mom very well he's always throwing her kicking her out of his place and everything so it is what it is like and i i think it's tragic because it kind of shows that disconnect that forms so like if you if you you know if you have that because i i've had a similar kind of uh situation you know with with not being close to my father so it, it kind of shows you like the disconnect that can can arise when you know you are young and you're a bit neglected um and how bad it can go because it's not it's not the you know it's not the same for everyone um it can be different for for certain people the relationship but if a child is neglected uh, enough and you have a, a parent who's who has their own addictions that they can't control you know this is the type of thing that can happen um, and, you know, that's why I feel like it's good to put this this story arc in there. And like Dana said, I do want Kate to win in the end. I want her to integrate with the family and, and be happier. But, you know, as it stands right now, it doesn't look good. It looks like she's kind of spiraling out of control as well. And I want to see how far they actually take that you know, story with Kate, you know, are they going to go all the way and make her, you know, have an overdose or whatever, or makes, make some mistake that she can't come back from and she ends up dead or something, you know, how far is it going to go? Um, and we also have to remember that she was actually in Ghost. She made an appearance in Ghost. So I'm not sure when that happens. Um, Cause obviously Tommy planned he he kind of planned that. So I want to see how that plays out, you know, because he, he had her talk to Tariq in that episode. 
and stuff. So um, I want to see if they show how that plays out because because that would suggest that Tommy and Kate do get closer together. You know, they get a bit closer. Um, so I want to see, you know, how that is able to happen um, with where they're at currently. But yeah, that, that was just uh, my second takeaway. So third takeaway, of course, the Flynn family, you know, this was a big part of this episode, the most shocking part. And yeah, man, I, I can't believe they, they, they actually went through with it. Like it, this now, first of all, I do want to say that episode five in power is usually when there's a big death. Like we've seen it quite a lot. Um, in, in ghost, it was, uh, it was, uh, what's his name? Uh, the father, the, Lorenzo. Lorenzo got killed off in episode five. Um, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the other ones, but I know that episode five, the mid-season, is usually always when there's a big death or something big occurs in episode five. So it makes sense that it happened in this episode, but I was totally not expecting it. You know, I thought they would wait till the end of the season this to happen um so i was caught completely off guard by the fact that you know they got rid of walt um and i i feel like it was very well done um but this whole portion you know the, the flynn family portion in this episode was amazing like everything about it like the fact that you know claudia was trying to set up vic to die you know with doyle um, and then, you know, Vic realizes this because the hitmen came early and everything. Um, and, you know, just the, the shot of him in the car, you know, being upset afterward, after after the whole shootout and everything, the shot of him in the car, you know, realizing what, what happened and that Claudia set him up, you know, and then the the moment when he, he goes inside to confront her about it and then she chooses to kill Doyle to um to make it seem like you know she had no part of it and then they give each other that awkward hug but you know they're they're both thinking shit you know they're both thinking damn like I have to do something about him or I have to do something about her because you see that they don't fully trust each other now the trust is not there it's you know it's gone um but that that was an amazing scene like that was amazing shot like that awkward hug I think so, so kudos to both of those actors. They did a great job with that. Um, but yeah, like I, I just enjoyed the whole setup, like even them bringing in, uh, you know, uh, what, what do you call himself? Apocalypse. Um, that was a nice callback uh, to go ahead. Big yeah. red. Yeah. Big red, big red. He, he, called, he called himself the apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. Big red, the apocalypse. It was a nice callback to uh, the Four Horsemen, um, you know, in the last season, uh, because, you know, the, the Four Horsemen were terrible, though. They got wiped out easy. Um, and this guy got wiped out, too. So, you know, I don't know if the, the, the next uh, Irish hitman is going to be called Jehovah or something like that. But I hope that the next guy, you know, I hope he lasts a bit longer than these other guys did. But, um, but yeah, like this... Uh, this whole portion was 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 great. It was excellent. You know, even the way Paulie died, the fact that um, uh, you know, Vic was actually trying to save Paulie. Like he he didn't want him 
to to get caught up in that. And and I'm surprised they let Paulie die because they could have told more story with him, I think, you know, because we know he had that son as well, the the junkie son or whatever, you know. So I'm I'm surprised that Paulie died too. It's like they just completely wiped out half the Flynn storyline right there. You know? <laughs> What's up, Dana? Why why are you why are you shaking your head? Chime in. I strongly disagree. Remember, he had that monologue before he died, like the official I'm dead monologue that they that they gave him, which was basically, mm. you know, why are you here? Why are you doing this? And he said, that's what family does. Um, that, you know, we, we fight, but we come together and we support each other. And he said, I'm willing to die for him. So he knew his fate. When you have the entire godfather force coming after you, you kind of have to be like, I'm not going to make it. It's just him and Walter and Vic. Uh, so it was only those three against, you know, the big red and his apocalypse. So they knew. And, and you know, Walter came to the understanding that even he knew, I'm going to die. He was just waiting for someone to pull the trigger the whole time. I think he was just hanging on to it. Um, so, yeah, they, they both knew. At the same time, just as much just as much as Vic knew that Claudia was going to kill him as well. And he did not receive that phone call. Everyone knew in that moment. And they purposely made their choice. So that's when I think everyone accepted their fate and their decision. So it was nice because we didn't get any flip-flopping. Yay! Boys were men today. Yeah, no, I, I agree. At that, at that point, when he gave that speech, that's when I knew, you know, he was probably going to die too. But uh, I just, I just beforehand, I wasn't, you know, expecting Paulie to go because I thought he would contribute to Walt's downfall, you know, based on what happened last week with, with, with that uh, conversation they had when Walt let him go. But, but yeah, I think it was well done though as well. Uh, the, the deaths were well done and it came out of left field, which kind of, you know, it, it's exciting to watch, you know, when, when, when you're not expecting stuff like that to happen, you know, it takes you, takes you by shock, takes you by surprise. So they did a good job with that in this episode. And Vic did get his moment of, you know, actually being the one to pull the trigger on, on, on Walt, you know, and end his life. Like that was a, a very good moment. And then we have what comes next where Vic Vic actually goes to the task force and basically says, you know, I want out of this life and he wants to cooperate. And, you know, they make it clear that Tommy Egan is the target and he agrees to help them take down Tommy Egan, you know, and this was a big, you know, shocker because it's like, you know, and, and this is going to lead into, you know, one of the questions I have. Um, So, you know, we'll, we'll we'll head right into the question segment after. But, you know, with him doing that, with him agreeing to, you know, help take down Tommy Egan, it's like he's signing his own, you know, death, his his own death warrant. You know, it's like, how how does he come back from that? You know, so we are going to have a discussion about that because I want to ask you guys about that. But. Those are my takeaways um, for this episode. Those are my observations. Um, and yeah, I mean, 
both Richard and Dana, they, they, uh, I think they kind of had a, a, a more structured, a better analysis than me. You know, I can only add on to it. Um, but yeah, those are my takeaways for this episode. Um, and we'll head right into our questions. But Dana, you had something to say first. I, I had. Can you hear me? Yeah, I had something to say because you triggered me, but like a good trigger. Um, I don't know if you you'll end up discussing this later. They were they were something that I wanted to bring up that I completely forgot because I love my metaphors. Ice cream. Remember how you know he stated in the previous episodes that you know all I wanted was the strawberry ice cream. And remember, consistently there has been strawberry ice cream in the in the freezer, and he's grabbed for that ice cream. Here's the one thing that I found to be interesting during that argument that Tommy had with Kate, Kate snatched the ice cream out of his hands. And I'm being symbolic and I like to read into things maybe too much. That was the sever of their relationship right there. Now this was way before she ended up going into the room and relapsing. When she snatched that ice cream out of his hand, you know, that whole thing was a building of trust and I'm sorry. And I felt that she felt that she was, she did not know, she thought he was dead. You know, that betrayal and then it followed by what kind of sons did I raise? And JP said, you didn't raise us. And that's what I was like, oh, because that was, that was a defining moment where it was, we are your kids biologically. That officially for me felt like Kate was on her own right there. So I just really loved how they kept putting in the ice cream all throughout the episodes, ever since he brought up the ice cream, we've had a consistent scene of Tommy eating the ice cream. So that was one of the things. And one other thing, because I'm going to end up forgetting, oh Lord, I wrote it in the thing and I can't read my own handwriting, um, was the fact that, oh sugar, Tommy at the very end with DMAC, remember he was on the phone and he was like, you have to stay here because you, you talk too much, you know? What was the thing that he was going to say, but he never finished? He was going to say, I love you. He never said it. He was about, you know, we could read it on his lips. It was like, I, but he stopped. So I wonder, psychologically, if he has to start separating these people, you know, he's been hurt so much every time he said, I love you. Look at Lakeisha. She's dead. Look at Holly. Dead. 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 Mom, weird relationship, but it was not an I love you relationship. So I wonder, anytime he has to say I love you, it ends up going terribly wrong. Is that him protecting himself from getting too caught up with his family? Or is that him fighting his feelings? Because, you know, I've felt this love that I didn't have before but I can't say it yet. I don't know what it means. So I just thought that was um, something I wanted to throw in there because I was going to forget. Thank you. I just will make a comment, say that that's a very good observation, Dana, because I thought the same with that line. I'm glad you brought it up because uh, I was wondering if, if somebody was going to bring that up. So that's a good one. Uh, just one quick thing I, w- I want to say real quickly. And this, this is for, for Gary. Uh, I guess now we can confirm that cousin buddy is still at his eye appointment because 
we have not seen the return of that character yet, and I don't think that character is coming back. So uh, that's at least one person Jannar doesn't have to worry about dealing with. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, I don't know if he's coming back because uh, uh, Fre- Freddie Gibbs, he, he's got some stuff going on, you know, in his in his life. So I, I don't know if they invited him back on to play that role. But uh, but yeah, like uh, that that would be interesting, though. To, to I, I would like to see the character return because uh, it would make sense with Jannard. But they yeah, kind of cut ties with anyone that didn't, you know, that didn't have this big overarching feeling. I think in a way that's how Walter had to go because. In a way, he was holding back the story. You can argue. You can't have the progress. You can't progress these two characters. Walter just looming blind, saying, "I told you to do this." So they had to get rid of him. So I don't. I don't think he. The, the eye appointment is. You know. I don't think it's going to be over. I think he's still there. There's no reason for him to come back unless it's the Rainbow Coalition of drug dealers. Yeah, no, no, I agree because you know from episode one they 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 also got rid of the Adrian character, so I I think they did just kind of get rid of a bunch of characters, you know, um, Seamus as well got killed off, so you know, so I think they're just doing away with a lot of uh, stories and stuff to make room for whatever comes next. So yeah, and with that being said, um, let's get into our questions now. So. Uh, the, the first one I wanted to ask you guys, you know, so it basically it plays into what I was saying about Vic. Um, you know, is Vic a dead man walking now? Because he is now cooperating with the task force. But could you see him maybe having a change of heart? Could Claudia talk some sense into him? Um, you know, do you think he'll retract his, his uh, you know, statements or whatever? Or is he going to go all the way with this? And if he goes all the way with this, does it mean that this is the end of the Vic character? Because you can't continue to have a show like this if Tommy Egan gets caught. You know, if you, if we can't. It can't be a, a, a Tommy Egan jail story from now on. You know, so at some point something has to give, right? So is Vic a dead man walking now that he is cooperating with the task force? It's the question. So let me go to you first, Dana. What do you think about that? I'm more concerned whether this was a sanctioned killing because, you know, Ireland is always in the back of everyone's mind, even with the fact that he said to Brandon, Brendan said to Claudia, you'll never be accepted because Irish is, you know, Ireland is, is the patriarchy. So I wonder if he has to still look out for Dublin, I don't think this was a sanctioned killing. I don't know. I'm not a thousand percent sure. I do know that Doyle is the one who set everything up and he is part of Ireland. So maybe it is in a way, but with that excluding that, yes, he has to always look over his shoulder because we have Claudia. Um, The thing about it is Claudia is smarter than Vic. So, he may end up having to rely on Diamond, who is just as analytical too. Remember, Diamond is the brains and Gennard is really like the, the, the what do you call it? The, the meat and potatoes and I'm gonna stab you in the face kind of person. The weight, I don't know what the terminology is, but you get it. One's the thinker, one's the fighter, kind of, maybe. Um, but I wonder if he, 
you know, in the terms of we're friends now, is going to start relying on Diamond in that case. Um, I don't know, but I do know that he has to to walk these streets very cautiously because you have the cops who, who are looking at him. We do know that Tommy, even though Tommy offered, hey, would you come and work for us? He meant that in like a condescending, you're not dog poop kind of way. Um, so he does still hate Tommy at the end of the day. Uh, so he does have a lot of eyes that is on him. And on fact, on top of that, if they do bring in the other members of CBI that worked with Gennard, I don't know how they'll do that because they seem to hate him too. Um, I don't think that they're going to be open about having him there. On top of that, we seem to forget Gennard does not like Vic and Gennard does not like Tommy. You know, he thought, let's go bring the group back together. He, I think in his mind, He's thinking of himself and Diamond. We're going to be together. And when you see Tommy, remember, he hates Tommy because he came from the very beginning. Oh, my God, he's going to come and separate us. Now I got to kill him. And then he sees Vic. I don't think it's going to be this kumbaya thing. So I do think that he is going to have, you know, he's going to have to look behind and in the corners and everything else. This is not going to be some kind of easy transition. I mean, he has a lot to worry about on top of that uh so and then i also wonder it's really easy to like say i want to kill you and then you actually do it there are the mental consequences that i wonder if he is going to suffer with killing his father because at the end of the day that was his father who was actually present in the home technically so i wonder where he's going to be at mentally because he killed his dad yeah yeah, that, that's another thing too, because um, Vic is in a very vulnerable and emotional state because he lost Gloria and now he's like had to kill his own father and, you know, his sister sold him out like like to, to get him killed, basically. So he's dealing with all of this mentally. So, you know, I mean, talking to the task force, it could have been out of plain emotion and maybe once he thinks about it, some more he might regret it later or he might take it back who knows but yeah it's it's going to be interesting because this task force against Tommy I mean usually these task force fall, all fall apart you know eventually in in the power universe so it, I want to see where it goes how how far is this going to go you know with with Vic being a snitch um, what do you think Rich? Uh, I think that snitches get stitches And I think that, uh, yes, he did sign his own death warrant. Now, let me explain a few things, first and foremost, about why I come to that conclusion. Um, All, you know, the the, the hit that went down, you know, when he approached Stacey at the end of the episode and they had that newspaper clipping that showed the photo of the family. I mean, Dublin wanted to go after Walter. Now, I I don't really know if uh, they would believe based off of that clipping that they're all, the family is done for. They don't need to go after them anymore. I don't know. So we have to see where things go from there because they were the ones that got big red involved in this. So, but they, but they lost him and they also lost Brendan. So I would like to see if there's some consequences because Brendan wasn't supposed to get killed. You know, that, that's why I say, uh, so let's see where they go with that. But I still think that Vic is a dead man walking because 
They've already told us that he's no match for Tommy. We saw that last season. Now, obviously, Tommy is going to be surprised if Vic ever was to open up to Tommy and tell him, because we got to remember earlier this season, Tommy is the one that set things in motion to make Vic, Vic really question and want to go after Walter because of what happened with Gloria as well. So I kind of feel like he kind of, Tommy would understand him deciding to set up his father, but him deciding to cross Tommy, there's no way Tommy's going to tolerate that. And then the other thing is that Vic made it very clear to Stacy at the end of the episode, I want my sister to go to jail. We already know that Tommy wants to kill Claudia. So I kind of feel like, you know, Vic wants his sister to suffer, but he doesn't want to see her get killed. And he obviously wouldn't pull the trigger. So because that's a conflict right there that they're going to have to have a resolution for because Tommy has already told the character, I want to kill you. You're dead. So I kind of feel like eventually that's going to happen. And once that happens, that kind of changes the the entire situation because Vic doesn't want his sister to get killed. He just wants her to go to jail and pay for everything that she's done. But if she gets killed, that'll be a far too easier way to end that. So I want to see what happens. But to answer your question, Gary, I don't think that Vic will have a change of heart ever. I don't think he's going to make up with Claudia ever because when they had that conversation, when, when they both hugged each other and they both knew that, oh, maybe I, I don't know if I could trust him, vice versa, so on and so forth. At that point, they knew, I think, that there were going to be a lot more issues between them. Getting Walter out of the picture was only one thing, but really this is now about the brother and sister. So I personally don't think that uh, he's ever going to have any type of reconciliation with her. Um, But again, we have to see what happens because they have a complex relationship. But I do believe that uh, without question, Tommy is the star of the show. If this guy comes anywhere close to taking out Tommy, you know, damn well, they're not going to let that happen. So I'm just I'm just going to let let you know, you know, he can maybe he can be successful in a shootout. Maybe he shoot Tommy somewhere. You know, Tommy is, you know, gets gets a shot and then he's fine, but he doesn't get killed. But there's no way in hell he's going to take out Tommy. But one thing I will say, and I did laugh about this earlier in the season, you know, Tommy has been very nonchalant. Even when Diamond told him about the task force, he's been very nonchalant. Then in this episode, after the shootout happens at the cafe, he comes and meets Tommy. He's like, man, what's all these cops doing out here? Now he's freaking out about the cops. So uh, let's see what happens once he finds out that, uh, you know, that they are a lot closer to him. The fact that they know that he's been he, that he's been spending time with Maria. All of this is is something that's is, is, is a ticking time bomb waiting to go off. So I want to see how they explore that. But as for Vic, no, I think he's going to stand his ground and really try to expose Tommy just so he can get out of this. But it, I don't think the plan is going to work. So let's see what happens. When when he freaked out about the cops, I wonder in that moment, was he not just thinking about himself? Because, you know, he's been in jail. He's tough. He's Tommy. Was he thinking about DMACC? And that's why he flipped out. Yeah, That's maybe. why he was so damaged. And then that's why I love you came into play. He wanted to say I love you. He could not bring himself to say I love you. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yep. he has a little family. It's <laughs> so cute. Gross. Yeah, no, good good points um overall. Um yeah, I like that the whole Vic cooperating, that definitely caught me um 
off guard because it's like he had this real real big moment of killing his father and then you know now he's a snitch um some people will you know completely dislike the character because of that but i'm more so just curious to see where they take you know where they take it now i think it's a real interesting spin for the character and and uh you know you could he they could put him in some interesting situations they could have him wear a wire or something and go around some of the other characters so yeah i think uh it's going to be good to see play out but um i want to ask another question because there's something that we haven't uh, i don't think any of us uh kind of brought it up yet but in this episode we do see that maria you know she actually had a prior relationship with a doctor um and they kind of broke up in this episode and she's obviously thinking about tommy you know she she's got tommy on the mind um and she chose to broke up with break up with the the doctor and miguel actually noticed that the doctor grabbed her during that argument you know when they went outside you know he kind of grabbed maria and and he obviously didn't like that and he went to go and torture that doctor later on you know he he hammered uh his his hands so that he can't do surgeries anymore so he's going to be doctor strange now or something like so <laughs> so yeah like <laughs> but uh rich you were going to say something you you can go first by the way like basically i just want to know what what you thought of that whole storyline and is he is is this a warning of what could happen with tommy egan you know first and foremost i do want to say it i i what was so brilliant about that is that he used the awards the doctor actually won to break his hands. So, I mean, listen, that that that's this excellent writing right there, you know, because it's very specific on the nose of what they did. But I think as a viewer, that was a warning to once again reiterate, Tommy should not be messing around with Maria. Miguel does not know this yet. And they are slowly building that tension until we find out. Um so I think that was the entire goal of that. Uh, and obviously, you know, I want to give a shout out to, there was a lot of comments uh, in, in the chat specifically, but one of the comments specifically made mention about the grandmother because the grandmother doesn't like Tommy. She's very suspicious of the character. Obviously uh, at some point, if she ever finds out that Maria is messing around with Tommy, that's going to be a major issue for them. So I, I just think that was put in there to just remind the viewers uh, Tommy is in a very dangerous situation with Maria uh, because he's 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 right there with her. They're very close. Um, so uh, he needs to be concerned about Miguel. And as a viewer, I want to see what is going to happen when Miguel finds out, because eventually he is going to find out that would that will 100 percent happen before this season is over. And I want to see how that impacts their relationship moving forward. But, uh, yeah, I think that was just put in there just to give you a warning. So just to remind you, Miguel is dangerous. We know that he has diabetes. He has his his whole his own health issues, but he still will take charge and do whatever he wants to do and needs to do to make a, make his point. When he saw that his his sister was in trouble, he figured she was in some type of trouble. He responded to that immediately. So let's see what happens from here. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Like they they specifically put that in there to kind of you know build up that tension of. You know, just just wait till Miguel finds out that Tommy's messing with his sister. You know, so it, it, they they showed that he's very protective of his sister. So, 
um, that was, you know, that was a good thing for them to to kind of show because it, it definitely intensifies the relationship a lot more. But what's your thoughts on it, Dana? Uh, how did you feel about that scene? I thought it gave Miguel something to do. Um, yeah, it's just overall, what else is he gonna do? Break God's hand, okay. Um, I saw that coming when he was with, you know, when he was looking at the sister because Miguel is someone who doesn't let anything go. Even though he's like, you think he's this big bad boss and he has a boss and he like shrivels up when he's around him, it's so adorable. Um, but I thought that, you know, that was the most logical thing. I think the moment when he saw him grab her, oh, his hands are gone. It was kind of that saw situation. He was like, oh, you use your hands to, to do things you're not supposed to, so I'm gonna take them away from you. And you know, you have a choice for when they grow back. Um, so I thought that that was, you know, a really good scene. But here is the one, the thing that I wonder is if this is going to go back to Maria, is she going to find out what happens? Because he's a surgeon. From my understanding, it's not like he's just, you know, your regular old MRI doctor or, you know, let me see that fungus there. He's, he's a surgeon. And as you guys alluded, Dr. Strange, he needs his hands. So the hospital itself, this is also what I love about this season so far. You see the ripple effects. So you see how Maria has to take care of the gunshot victims from the diner. So anytime that there's a shooting, we're gonna go to this hospital. It's a nice little universe they created. Um, so I wonder how one, this impacts the hospital overall. Maria is gonna definitely know um, about you know what's going on. He never met Miguel, which I find to be interesting. Miguel seems to be the type of person who you have to introduce him to, even for you just to go and get some ice cream together, because he is that you know protective or controlling. He walks that line of protective control. Um, so in terms of Tommy, this is going to be a really interesting dynamic because Tommy is someone who doesn't back down. We know that he can be crazy, and we know that Miguel can be crazy. So this I see is being really fun. Uh, you just can't come into the house and smash Tommy's hand like that. So I I, I wonder how that's going to come into play. And then also, you know, Tommy is doing work now with CBI and Jannard is going to come back. Miguel does not like Jannard. So there's a whole ripple effect to this whole situation that is going to be really interesting for Miguel. But the scene overall didn't move me. You know, it just seemed like something he would do to be the next step that he would do. You touch his sister. And it wasn't like the fact like, oh, he touched you. I don't know who he is. It was a very heated argument. Granted, he didn't hit her. But it was that quick reaction of like, you grab someone's shoulder really quickly. So, you know, it, that he saw is, is the aggressive part. And I I, I was okay with it. it. It, You know, it really wasn't something that was, prophetic and then i kind of wonder when it comes into you know like he got his hand smashed so is he going to go to the police what's going to happen with him because he can no longer do surgery he needs an explanation to the hospital as what happened with his hand so this could be fun but i didn't didn't feel anything at the moment for it oh yeah it could be fun there could be some consequences for for what miguel did you know maybe uh Maria will get disciplined at the hospital or something, you know. So I, I do think there's going to be some consequence possibly, but but he doesn't know that uh, they're related. 
he just because when he came in, he would have been like, "Oh my god, it's you." He didn't even do that. Oh yeah, he, like, you know, it's my Rolex, it's my money, take everything. <laughs> <You know. laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how they'll they'll do it, but um, it, it could be. I, I, I want to see like some sort of consequence from from Maria, especially like she she needs to be upset about what happened, and maybe confront her brother. I think that could be a good scene. Yeah, go ahead. Also, just overall, have you noticed Miguel and Hands have a scene? Because the last time we saw Miguel, it was the freezing of the dude's hand, and then he smashed it, which I thought was brilliant. So, and then we have this, and he's smashing the guy's hand. Him and Hands! Yay! We Maybe he'll be choked to death, but the Hands! You know, you usually are the downfall of what you portray, and he's portraying some Hands. Yeah, he's definitely got some hand torture fetish or something going on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, another thing that's kind of loosely related, like, um, so to me, it stood out a lot. And I feel like the writers are trying to tease us a little bit, but it stood out that that, uh, you know, that victim of the shooting that came in um, and she started talking about, you know, Felipe and everything. And then Maria says, um you know, uh, I think she says their father was called Felipe too, or something. So, I like to me, I'm I'm wondering if the writers are trying to tease us and and allude to some sort of connection to Felipe Lobos. Um, now, I don't I don't think the age matches up for him to be their father because I don't I don't think Miguel looks a bit too old to be uh, you know Miguel's, I mean uh, Lobos's son. But they could be trying to signal something to us because Lobos was involved in the Mexican cartel as well. Um, so I don't know. It just stood out to me a bit much. So I, I wanted to see what you guys thought of that or if you picked up on that at all or anything. That um, was one name. Work. That's one name I did not think about. That is That is a very interesting comment. Man, I'm very curious to know what the people have to say in the comments, whether or not they agree or disagree with that. But that's, I know they like to make references to the original power because we already had the reference to uh, the other character. I can't think of the name right now. For some Ooh, yeah, that, see, that's another thing. Julio, because they yeah, mentioned yeah, Julio, Julio yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's a very good, that's a very good observation. Um but yeah, like you said, I don't know if it matches up timeline wise in, in terms of the age of the kids. I mean, I don't know, but that's that's something to think about. And I and I'll be curious to see if they expand upon that. Like like Dana said, I like how they showed that it was connected where that shooting happened, and then immediately she gets taken to that same hospital. I I did kind of think that 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 could have been a little bit more to it, but uh, I think Gary, you might be onto something. But we have to see what they what they got planned. But that's that's a very good observation. Yeah, go ahead, Dana. I interpreted the scene completely different. I was like, oh, she's seeing, you know, how she said she was my age too, and her dad's name Felipe, like mine. I saw it as more like an inner reflection of what is my family doing? Because remember, her family are in connection is the reason, you know, you just sell drugs, shootouts, gang rivalry. It's all in the same dynamic. And so I thought she was like, during this reflective moment of, I have to get away from this in terms of what is my family doing? I have to get away from it. And then when Tommy comes into the mix, it's gonna be more like, I can't be with you 
at all because I'm seeing the consequences of your actions and my brother's actions and my family's actions. So I have to remove myself. I mean, grandma is even deeply embedded into this. So I saw this as I'm not going to be a character that's going to last here long uh, just because I'm looking at the consequences of what's going on. I did not even interpret uh, Felipe Lobos at all. I was just like, Mexico, so maybe he was just a farmer in Mexico. I did not was like, oh, he's a drug cartel in Mexico. I mean, you can also argue that fact, but I didn't want to be like stereotyping. But Lobos, yeah, wow. You're smart. Yeah, I I just want to say real quickly, I I also thought the same as you, Dana. I thought that was a reflection on her being, you know, she needs to get out of this life. But she's still texting Tommy, so um, I don't know what's going to happen with that. But the case, <laughs> didn't the guy come in before? The, see, that was the thing. She was all smiley and dandy, and then the girl came in. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. Because then, remember, I mean, she was sullen and sad, and that's when she had the argument with the boyfriend. And that's when yeah. she left with Miguel. So... So I, I think we're going we're gonna to have to see how she interacts with Tommy in the next episode. Um, she obviously well, we, doesn't we know. Do... But no, she, she she doesn't know that this is connected to anything that Tommy is doing yet. So that's the other thing. She's not dumb. Because remember, Tommy got shot. And it was yeah, in their presence. And it was yeah. it was a shootout. She's not dumb. And she kept saying, I don't get around. I don't, I don't hang out with guys like you. You know, I'm not like other girls. Not once did she bring up, oh, I have a man. It was, you know, I don't. I'm not that kind of girl. That whole thing. <laughs> yeah. And unless this was just filmed for the trailer, because we've seen a lot of instances where you're seen from a trailer that is not in the actual show or the movie. Yeah. She, from my, from my recall, she gets out of the bed and that's when she kisses Tommy. So she's with Tommy. Okay. Yeah. See? Yeah. So I um, wonder when does she grow a conscience or if she, your theory seems to work better because maybe she just doesn't grow that conscience. And she's like, Tommy. At some, at some point, you know, I think that's going to be a test, but let, let me just say this one last thing. Cause I know Gary was probably had another question. Uh, I, I do want to say, I want to give a shout out cause we had a couple of comments again last week and there was a very brilliant comment made that they don't know if they fully trust the Maria character. Think about when they had that whole driving, you know, when he did the driving with her and she obviously took the wheel. She said, oh, well, this isn't the first time that I've driven. So kind of allude to there's more to this character that we don't really know about besides the fact that she is a nurse and all this other stuff. And I and they were raising the question is, is that a reason to trust the character? So I think that is a great question. And I, I will look forward to seeing as Tommy gets closer to her, because I, my assumption is that every person they have some they have a bad side to them as well. They have something about them that they've also done that is not good. Uh, so I will be very curious to see if they expand upon that, if they reveal more about the character. But uh, I thought that was an interesting comment that was made because, yeah, there's more to this character than meets the eye. But we'll have to wait and see where they're going with that. I think you're right. I think uh, Maria is hiding something um, like she she's hiding some demons because she has this like cheerful demeanor about her. And, and like a lot of times when people ha- are, are that cheery, like they, they have a dark side or they're, they're dealing with something 
and you know they're just putting on this uh cheer- cheerful exterior to kind of you know throw people off or hide their pain or whatever so i do think that she is hiding something and she has secrets so i completely agree with that um but yeah uh before i move on to the next question um did you yeah did you have anything else to add anything else you wanted to mention on that oh no no okay cool cool yeah so i have a few questions let me see what should i do okay so dmac dmac has been sent away do you think do you see the character being fully reformed is this youth academy going to work for the character um and you know is he going to actually take what tommy has done for him on board is he going to reflect on what he's done in killing a cop and is he going to maybe change might we, we might even see his progression at the youth academy you know and see him interacting with other people and maybe changing a little um do you think that that is going to be the case for him or do you see him going you know right back to the streets uh whenever he does get free from this youth academy so what what do you think is in the future for dmac is the question um and who did i go to first last time i don't even remember um i'm going to go to you first dana what do you think about that um I have multiple things that I really wish would happen all at the same time. Like I'm cool if like they find him and then they 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 kill him at the camp. So I'm like I'm cool with that because remember we have not had our innocence yet, and I need my body. I need that death. You know, so he streets would be an innocent in the streets. Do need a body, and 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 even though he was the one who killed um, a cop. He still looks kind of innocent in this entire situation. I mean, all we have left is him and JP or Mar- Ooh, Maria. Maria, good guy. Sorry. So, um, but you remember, they kept him alive for a reason. And that is why I we had this whole interview. was like, why is he alive and not dead? Um, I want him to be reformed and to do the straight and narrow. And to be like the businessman, separate from the business man. But I do feel that it would be in the best interest of the overall story if we have a bit of both. He is reformed in terms of he's not that wild child, you know. I want to see Genesis, and why won't you let me out the house? He has meaning and purpose and principles behind him. He does go forth and get that education, but he can use that education in the same way that Tariq does and be the money man of the group, be the the brains of that operation. So that would be, I think, a great reason to, one, you keep him on the show and he has meaning and purpose. And so that I feel would be amazing. And if Kate doesn't end up, you know, accidentally killing herself with an overdose, that reunion between them could be upset, exceptional. And he never used his $20, so he can give her $20 back. So that works for everyone. I would like that very much so, if that would just happen. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's uh, definitely a possibility where uh, 
DMAC becomes like the brains or an oracle type character where, you know, he gives them advice on uh, what they can do and stuff. And like, because obviously he, he was showing them how to do the social media stuff. So he's already kind of talented in that respect. But go ahead. Go ahead, Dana. One more thing. We're going to go just the dumbass route for a minute. What happens if he tries to start up his own little thing at the at the school? <laughs> when he starts to start his own little operation there, <laughs> and it just makes things even worse because you know he 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 he's, he wants to be a part of the streets, so he could still do that. But I don't know how secure and what's going on with the school. But any school is not a thousand percent secure. There are things that kids can get into and get away with. So I do wonder if he is going to be like, I'm a man and start his own little thing there. But at the, you know, and those kids, you know, they'll end up with their own little product and he's trying to sell everything and it'll just be a mess. But also just another thing, when was this school for Tariq? Cause it seems like Tommy is doing a lot for DMAC, but when, when was this for Tariq? Like granted, he gave him advice as well, but he definitely needed a reform school. So, boo. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I guess it's because uh, Tariq had his father and, you know, his father kind of took care of that until he died. But but yeah, I, I, uh, Tommy could have played a, a more active role in Tariq's childhood to, to, to help steer him away from the direction he went in. But um, yeah, I guess I guess that's what he's kind of trying to learn from at this moment. But um, but I do Did like. Did he ever tell said. Tariq he loved him? Uh, I don't recall actually. I don't recall if he mm-hmm. did. Because mm-hmm. they had some heart to heart, even in the last um, what was it, the finale of the the other power. I don't recall him being like, "I love you, kid." Yeah, no, because remember, Tommy was ang- Tommy was angry at him, and he held him over the balcony or whatever, um, try- trying to hurt him. So, yeah, uh, they they had a rocky relationship. But I do want to say that I like what you you said about DMAC possibly um, selling at the the youth academy. That would be interesting because the interesting thing behind that would be where would he get it from, and the like. Big Smurf was the one who took him there. So it could be a situation where Tommy asked Smurf to check on DMAC or, you know, uh, basically like bring him stuff or whatever. And maybe DMAC strikes some deal with Big Smurf. And we know uh, Tommy is not going to be happy about that. So that could create some tension within the group if if that was the case, you know. So that is a good... That, that, yeah. What's that white boy name from from the other power? Braden. It could be Braden Jr. Jr. Could be like, hey, he Mac money. I know where we can get some stuff. Yeah, could be that. Could be that too. He could he could meet someone in there and they set up together. Um, but then it starts to seem a bit like, you know, the same thing that happened on Ghost. Um, so I, I don't know if they're going to go in that direction. But, That's true. But, it's too repetitive. And we, we kind of got rid of that. So, yeah, I don't want to just just be smart. 
and come back and help the family business. Exactly. But uh, Rich, getting here, what, what, what do you think about, um, you know, the whole DMAC thing? Do you think he's going to change? Do you think uh, he's going to he's going to still crave the streets regardless? What do you think about it? Well, one thing I, th- I, that, that I know for sure, D Mac is going to get a haircut because they alluded to the fact that uh, Genesis wanted him to be clean cut. So I assume the character will get a, a bit of a transformation uh, while he is at the academy, uh, get a nice little cut, a fade, whatever he needs to get. But to answer the question, um, you know, that's a very interesting comment you made about him potentially cutting a deal with Big Smurf. I, I just want to say right now, I they made it clear because Tommy said when he talked to DMAC, I have, will have eyes on you at all times. So that kind of makes me believe that they're not going to allow him to do anything that he shouldn't be doing while he's there. We have to see what, how that pans out. But one thing I do want to say is uh, just to really sell the fact that he is away I don't want to see this character again the rest of the season. If we see him in the finale, that's fine. But uh, I will prefer we just see him spend some time away. They come back to him maybe next season. And at that point, that's when Tommy decides that he can come back at that point. That, I think, would be a a good way to handle that. They don't need to rush for him to return. Um, But I do think he is going to, you know, try to change his ways. But I think this all will hinge upon when he comes back and he sees the state that Kate is in. Because obviously, if she continues to use, that's going to impact how she is, how she reacts to everybody else. So she may not be the same loving, caring person that she is when he returns. And then she may be hitting him up, asking him for more than $20 and they okay, okay, that's a bit of a problem there. So we have to see what happens. But I kind of feel like her deciding to use again it's going to have a ripple effect on not just uh, DMAC when he returns, but I also feel the way that Tommy and JP interact. Because you remember, JP wanted to tell her what happened. And Tommy's like, no, you're not going to do that because she likes to talk. And then, you know, when they had that whole scene at the end with the argument, and then they both stood up and said, no, it's best that it was handled this way. Um, she kind of felt betrayal with that entire situation. And I kind of feel like, well, if something does what's what's to happen to her, she ODs or whatever, yeah, I kind of feel like they would feel a type of weight. Well, I know that JP would feel pretty bad about that. Because the thing is this, we have to see what happens in the next episode. They haven't noticed that she's gone back to to using again yet. So we need to see how that progresses the storyline. But to answer the question, I think DMAC is going to try to, to change his ways because he has no choice but to. But um, the character is definitely going to come back different the next time we see him, I, I feel. Maybe a little bit more mature, definitely clean cut. He's not going to have the dreads like he has now. and uh, But we'll see what happens when he actually gets back. And then he sees that his friend Marshall, who was still out there on those streets, he sees Genesis is still out there. I want to see how those interactions are when he returns because he's always going to be wanting to get back to that, especially when he sees his best friend is out there still doing this stuff. So stay tuned. Yeah, you know what? I, I like what you said about, you know, maybe the character actually going away for a while and, and then we, we come back to him later when he's already changed, kind of. Like, I, I would like that. And the way this episode was 
kind of structured, it it seems like they were kind of trying to um, put away some of the storylines to make room for something else. So, like, I could totally see them maybe, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, shelving DMAC a little bit for until later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, what, what you said, that kind of would make sense if, if it was the case, if we don't see the character for some time and then he comes back. And um, that would be, you know, interesting whenever he does come back, because, of course, you know, he, he has his relationship with his father, too. Um, so we, we can see how it affects that relationship. Um, and then, like you said, his friends, you know, how will they interact with him if he changes, you know, Genesis as well? Uh, what if Genesis gets with uh, Marshall or wherever his, his friend is called, you know, <laughs> you know, something like that could happen. Who knows? But but yeah, um, interesting points from both. But uh, let, let's get one more question in here and then we'll uh, we'll head out. But. Uh, what do you do? You think Diamond is going to end up having to save Janard? You know, what do you see happening now? Because we see Janard slipping. You know, he's slipping further away from uh, from being a, a, a key player. You know, um, his team is doubting him already as well. You know, because he had to beg them basically to stay loyal to him. Um, so he's he's kind of slipping right now. And I'm I'm wondering if they're gonna, you know, now that there is the whole coalition and a bit of unity going on, is his, you know, are his partners gonna tell Diamond what's happening with him as well, you know, and what is Diamond's reaction gonna be when he finds out that Jannard is, you know, he's on, he's on heroin and everything. So, um, Rich, what do you think about that? Well, first and foremost, uh, let's go back to what happened in their father in this episode. You know, Diamond pretty much reached out to Shanti, and that was how he got the message to Jannard. So obviously, yeah, at the end of this episode, they do have a bit of a reconciliation. And, you know, he decides to bring him back in CBAI to try to get him involved again. What I find very interesting, though, is that Shanti suspects that Jannard is on something. Did not tell this to Diamond. And the thing is that Diamond should notice this. Now that he's his brother's going to be around him, he should notice this over time. So I'm, I'm waiting to see what his reaction is going to be once he notices this. But the problem is that, like Dana already said, and you said, uh, Jannard is a mess right now. He has all these things going on. The drug ha- habit is, is definitely the worst because it means his behavior is going to be a lot more erratic and he's going to be doing a lot of other things. But he's also bringing more danger to them because I thought to myself, even if Jannard does go into some like rehab and he gets out of rehab, the thing is that think of all the bad decisions that he has made while he has been struggling with all this stuff, with the drugs, the money, so on and so forth, the bad relationships that he has created because of his actions. So I would imagine a scene where even if Jannard does redeem himself, he gets off drugs, he gets out of jail, he could still very well get shot by the same people who he made angry because of his other decisions, because, you know, you kill little K. Obviously, that other guy is still angry, the one that left and they went to the RDs. So that is the issue. Like, all of this stuff he has, he can't get away from. He can go into rehab, right, and try to get out of heroin. But I think at the end of the day, 
the streets are going to catch up with Jannard because you know what? The streets need a body, right? So I kind of feel like he is, either way, he's in a bad situation, uh, which is unfortunate because Chris Lofton has done a hell of a job with the character this season. But I kind of feel like when he, like, like when he, when he, when he, when he took, when he got the chain in this episode, I was like, yeah, this is not good because now you're getting other people involved in what's happening to you. Uh, and there's going to be consequences for this. You know, even when he went back to his neighborhood prior to getting that chain, nobody wanted him there. Nobody welcomed him there either. You saw how the people were reacting when they saw him walking there. So that's why I said, um, even if he does get out of this situation with the drugs, it's it's just a really bad, really, really bad situation. But more than anything else, this is done for the development of Diamond as a character. Because Diamond, as it was alluded to in this episode, he's always been the strongest son, right? He's always been able to deal with whatever came his way. He's done time, 15 years in jail, so on and so forth. But the problem is that this is going to create a ripple effect for him. And one, and one last point that I do want to mention, because this is important. In this episode, when D-Mac had the situation, Diamond told him, hey, Tommy, you're going to have to deal with the situation or I'm going to have to deal with it. So I think that is a foreshadowing of when Tommy sees Jannard as having these issues, he's going to come to Diamond and say, Diamond, this is your brother. You're going to have to deal with this situation or I'm going to have to deal with it. I think that was done intentionally to let you know ahead of time that Diamond is going to have to deal with his brother at some point. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be the uh, New Jack City moment that, that Dana and I always talk about. I, I, I don't want it to get to that point, but uh, man, I don't know what's going to happen. But uh Either way, you know, to answer your question, Gary, is Diamond going to save uh, his brother? I think he's going to have to. But I do think we're going to see a lot more emotional emotion come out of Diamond because they've already alluded to in the interview that Dana had that this this season he really does a great job acting. So I need to see more of that. And I think we're going to see more of that now that stuff is starting to happen to his brother because he knows what the promise that it was to his father said his father's last wish to him was to take care of his brother. He knows that. He did not tell Jannard that his father wants him to do that. He just knows that. So that's why I said, uh, I want to see what happens. But things are definitely going to get a lot more challenging for him in the next couple episodes, I would say, for the rest of the season and, and moving forward. So uh, we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um I had something I was going to say as a follow-up, but I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. It completely slipped my head. But something you you mentioned I wanted to uh, talk about, but I'm going to go straight to Dana. Maybe I'll remember in a sec. But go ahead, Dana. What, what do you think about uh, Janard? Well, Is that what I'm going to say? Then? Yeah, I kind of alluded it, alluded to it earlier when I stated, you know, when the dad said, take care of your, son, of your brother. It was the same energy as I'll be right back. Um, yeah, someone's not going to make it in that relationship. When it happens, I don't know. But I do know that they will have to start turning on each other. Uh, well, they already did. But it's going to come down to those two. And I think that Diamond might have to take out Jannard. At this moment in time, Jannard is not the leader that he was in season one, episode one. You know, he's developed not only this drug addiction. Before that, he is owing everybody money. I remember Murkovich. Where's my money? Was the text before he came in and robbed Manny. Um, 
there was just too many complications and it's too much of a stress with him. When they alluded to, you know, you said it's the conversation between Diamond and Tommy about, you know, did you take care of DMAC? Um, I didn't, I didn't originally view it as this is going to come back to him and, and, you know, therefore he's going to ask, did you take care of Gennard? Um, but that is a very interesting way of how it is going to go down, I feel. Um, he is a lot. Sorry, he is a, a liability at this moment. They're the Serbs, you know, they're not all dead. I don't strongly believe we have Murkovic sitting around there saying, "Where's my money?" So you have that, and I said before, you the gang split up, which is why you're having all of these reckless drive-bys and these reckless shoot up the diner situation. Um, and it's going to get even worse, and it's going to escalate. And I feel that with everyone and everything being more fractured. We do have the task force, and even though Stacy is so concerned with we got to get Tommy, it's turning into a whole Angela, we got to get ghost situation. But um, yeah, we have to get Tommy. That I wonder, will you know how will that impact their jobs? Because there might be even more deaths to contend with. You know, so this should be a very interesting dynamic. But I just don't see a way out for Jannard. He's like again, too much liability to the point where I don't know who who's even safe going to be his brother. Yeah, that's nice and poetic, but at this moment, it could be you know Pookie down the street who just happened to be in that other gang, you know that you you took money from. And then remember when he robbed Manny in the car? Where did those drugs came from? Come from? Who is Manny's connect? So. If you go to that connect, well, I was robbed. Who was you robbed by? Again, she's not dead. Or he, they, whatever. Sorry. They're not dead. They know, you know, it was Jannard. And the whole neighborhood, it wasn't like a secluded block at the end of the street with the lights off. This was broad daylight, which the whole time I was just wondering, why you not just run out the car and be like, help? Because the whole member, he made this grand entrance of like, yeah, I'm here. What are you going to do about it? So everyone knows that it's him. It's the worst kept secret ever. So he is not going to, I do not feel that he is going to make it out at all. There's no reason for him at this point, unless you just want him to just be running from everybody in every episode. So someone's coming after him and Manny and their people are coming after him as well. He just keeps adding on to the enemy list. So yeah, it, at this point, I don't even think Diamond has to worry about it because he he gone. Rest in peace. I, I hope not. Like I I actually want you know to to survive just because the actor has been so so incredible this season. Like I I, I want to see the characters stick around, but you know heroin that is a very destructive path. So I I just don't see you know how he's going to be able to sustain himself as a character for too much longer. But, um, but yeah, great points. Um, and I, I can't remember if it was you, Dana or Rich, but one of you mentioned the chain earlier that he took from, cause he took the drugs and the chain. And then now he's given the chain to, uh, you know, the heroin dude, the white guy. So, you know, I'm wondering if that is going to, if somebody's going to recognize that chain, on on the heroin addict, you know, and if that's going to draw some sort of connection. Go ahead, Rich. And one other point that I did want to mention, 
because we didn't mention this. Uh, the, the other guy in command in Gennard's crew, he was the first one to notice the chain and said, hey, that's Manny's chain. And then Gennard said, no, this is my chain. What are you talking about? So uh, they definitely know, that guy at least, that guy knows and is very suspicious still of Gennard. So um, I don't, I'm, I'll be very curious to see what happens. But obviously uh, there's a lot of drama that Gennard is bringing to CBI with Diamond for Diamond to have to deal with. And again, I do want to see who is in charge of this RD group, this other gang that they have defected to, because I'm assuming that there is somebody in charge of that that we haven't met yet. So that could be another character that we're going to meet in the future, because uh, they're going to have to deal with that group at some point. They can't be just going into diners, shooting up, uh, you know, you know, everything in the diner. So they're going to have to deal with them as well at some point. This is Jamaican. Oh, really? It was, we can finally get our Jamaicans. We we never got our Jamaicans. It's the Jamaicans. Hey, it could be. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Who 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 was the? Uh, you know, the guy you said was with the Boston Celtics. Who is that dude again? Because I, I I kept getting mixed up. I thought he was like the head of the RDS. But but uh, is he is he in a different gang? Um. I mean, I would have to go back and rewatch that because I just was interested that they introduced the character. His name is King King Kilo. Um, but the other thing, I, 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 I am glad that you brought that up because there is one thing I did want to say. So he said in order to do that deal, he wants half of the business in the jails. You know that why that's a problem? Because Rojas, Rojas already agreed to back off and, and let them do what they're doing. So what's going to happen when he finds out about this? Somebody's going to be getting cut short with this deal. So I kind of feel like uh, they're going to have some more conflict with Rojas, I think, as a result of this, if they agree to that and then everything goes through, because I don't know how fast it's going to go through. But uh, this is a lot of things to watch out for, because there's going to be some problems. And that character introduced for a reason. So let's we have to see where they're going with that. Yeah, excellent point. Excellent yeah. point. That was the guy who was in the j- in in jail who called him on the phone, King Kilo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, big dude. And then also remember, kind of to speak on that as well. Remember, they have to give up half of the business and half of the joint, like the whole joint, and half the business. So it's not like everyone again. It's not Rainbow Coalition. People are out; they're in it for themselves. Oh, I wonder what's going to go on. And then I don't think King Kilo. Is going to deal with all of that shenanigans that Jannard is going through. And, you know, if Yaya or Yo-Yo knows what's going on and he's not even with the group no more, that means people are talking. It's very easy for Ken Kilo to be like, well, you know, this is not right. Put out a hit. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. And, and, and it also brings up something I believe Richard uh, said from last week with the, the CEO. Um, so, so Diamond, he needs to tread very carefully, you know, with, with how he treats this uh, CEO that he's involved with because she's allowing all of this to happen. So go I'm, ahead, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, Diamond will mess that up because we <laughs> didn't see, we, we obviously, we didn't see Leon in this episode. You already know that Leon's mom got something for Diamond. So I kind of feel like he's going to mess that up. I think we can see that coming, and then that's what the ripple effect is going to be as a result of that. Because up until this point, 
They have betrayed Diamond. He hasn't really made any mistakes. So he is going to slip up on that, though. So I stay tuned for that because I see it coming. Well, he made a mistake with you, the grandma. Remember the grandma? That was his mistake. Uh, no, grandma? that was Denard. Yeah, yeah, that's Denard. Remember? Yeah. Two, two, but you're not, but wait a second. See, you reminded me of another person Jannard needs to worry about, and that's the grandmother. So, yeah, Jannard is – he is a mess. He's a mess. A mess of a man. A that's ghetto. what I'm going to call him. Yeah, he, he's got a, a lot of beef right now. So he needs to watch his back. But, but yeah, let's uh, get to final thoughts because we do have to go. So, you know, anything we didn't mention or any other theories you have that you want to bring up, uh, now is the time to do so. And uh, Dana's mic is, is already open, so... It is? Oh, I didn't even know it was open. Um, <laughs> no, that, you know, the whole situation, I think we kind of covered everything. Um, Genesis was looking for him and he never came. And then you have the best friend. So I want to know whether or not, because the streets are talking and Kate's all high in a hot mess, will the message be like, oh, he's dead? Will it get out that way and everyone will think he's dead? And then it'll be like another, maybe Kate has some kind of conscious or something in her midst of grief goes to the police. And then you have to question why now? Because, you know, she's known of the people that he's killed. So I wonder if he will go, if she will somehow go to the police. And we already know the task force is trying to build a case. So now it's like, where's DMAC? And that, that, that can be the downfall of this case being fake. Not fake, but this case, you know, going away is if, for example, Kate thinks that there's that he's dead. Upon further investigation, we find out that he's just at their school. So therefore, I wonder if that kind of puts a kink in there, like a, you know what I mean? It kind of pokes holes in their case in terms of Tommy's some big mastermind killer because at this moment they do have his prints. But they, then they, they don't have ties to anything. They have ties to Vic killing that other guy. So I, I just wonder what is, what could go on because we've seen multiple times with, you know, even Ghost going to jail, he came out. Tariq, jail, came out. So, and everyone's task force seemed to just fall apart. So will Kate providing fake information? make them, you know, kind of, again, poke the holes in the story, in this case, ends up falling apart. Yeah. Yeah, that's a possibility. And, um, yeah, we have seen characters, you know, go go away to prison and then come out. So that is a direction they could uh, choose to go. Um, I recall even Tommy, I think, in the second season of Power, I think he well, it was the first or second. He uh, he actually was in prison for a short uh, time and Ghost kind of helped him get out. So, yeah, they, they've had situations where they put the main characters in. Um, so, yeah, that, that could be interesting to see. So, but Rich, do you have any uh, final thoughts of your own to add or any other theories? Oh, no, I... I just think it was an excellent episode. I'm looking forward to seeing 
what Jannard coming back into the group means for other characters. We do know that Tommy does not really get along with Jannard. But one other thing we do know is that uh, Jannard did play a role in uh, D-Mac getting shot last season. And we know that JP was very angry about that situation, and he was looking for who did that. So that is one thing I'm very curious to see if they have an interaction in the future about that. So stay tuned. But no, overall, excellent episode, and I cannot wait to to see what happens next week. Oh, indeed, indeed. Um, and yeah, I agree. That could be an interesting interaction with Janard, you know. Um, so my final thoughts, uh, basically, first of all, like, I really feel like the way this, this episode was, like, it, it, it definitely feels like they're trying to clean up some of the loose loose threads and put some stories to bed and make room for something bigger. So I'm really curious about how this story is now going to expand. Um, and I know that, you know, it can be interesting to, to always talk about theories of old characters and stuff like that. But to me, I don't know, it just feels like they're, they're really trying to tease some big return or, you know, some big reveal or something um, and I say that just because of, you know, what I mentioned earlier with the, the Lobos. Um, and by the way, I think you two were right about, you know, the, the meaning of the scene where it's connecting um, how Maria feels um, about her situation and stuff. Um, I, I do think that was the case, but I also think it could be a tease too. You know, it could be both. Um, and and then the fact that they had the connection with Julio um, and I just feel like there's something coming from the past. I, I feel like there's there's something from Tommy's past that's going to be coming back um, in this in this next half of the season. And you know, I would like to remind everyone that Cristobal is still out there somewhere. Um, and then also, we're probably going to see Two Bit at some at some point too, maybe. So you know, there's some things from Tommy's past that could creep up. And I just feel like they, 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 they keep teasing us. They keep saying stuff like ghosts. They keep mentioning old things. Um, and I just feel like they're, leading, they're, they're setting up something big for this next um, half of the season. And I can't wait to see what it is. So that, those are my final thoughts on that. Um, and yeah, with that being said, that is going to be it for this week. Uh, we'll we'll be back next week, of course, to recap episode six. Um, I don't know if there's any. Um, is there like a break this season? I don't even know. Does anyone oh, yeah, know yeah. if there's a break? Well, you know, power. They always gotta have some type of a break, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, there is probably gonna be a break. I don't know which episode it's going to be. Maybe it's the next episode or a couple episodes before the finale. But we'll find out in the, in the next couple of weeks for sure. Yeah, we'll find out. As soon as we know, we'll let you guys know. But um, yeah, we'll be back to recap the next episode. Until then, take care, everyone. Stay healthy, you know, and we'll see you soon. Looking forward to the comments.